so we are covering uh, the life of Joseph in Genesis. And uh, last week, uh, we were presented with a dream that Joseph had. He dreamt in uh, Genesis 37. Uh, I'll read to you this section here. It says, There they were binding sheaves in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and remained standing. And then your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Will you indeed reign over us and actually be a ruler among us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And he had still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Now I have had another dream. There were the sun and the moon and eleven stars bowing down to me. And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in his heart. So, um... We are going to be dreaming tonight. We're going to be dreamers. Uh, the title of tonight's message is Joseph, the reigning aspect of the mature life. So what does that mean? Okay, so uh, the brother shared about how Jacob, through his struggling with the Lord, you know, like in Genesis 32, he struggled and when he struggled with the Lord, he refused to let the Lord go until the Lord blessed him. And so as a result, he began to grow in life and he matured in life to the point that when he saw Pharaoh, he blessed Pharaoh, indicating that he was full of maturity and full of blessing. So, um, you know, with, with these ones that we've covered in Genesis so far, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they collectively, they're not three separate persons, and then plus Joseph, four separate persons, but they're actually the collective experience of a Christian. Because with Abraham, you see God's calling, and you see living by faith. With uh, Isaac, you see him inheriting all the riches of the father, enjoying grace. And with Jacob, you see God's selection. And you see transformation, and you see maturity in life. And so it's only if you put all these three together that you have a full spectrum of your Christian life, from calling all the way, from actually from selection all the way to maturity in life. And so Joseph here is not, is just simply uh, the the continuation of Jacob. And to prove this, I was going to read this verse to you. It says, Genesis 37, 2, it says, These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph, when he was 17 years old, was shepherding the flock, and on and on. And so, so it's very interesting that after, when he talks about the generations of Jacob, it just mentions Joseph. So Joseph is just the reigning part of Jacob. As, as a person reaches maturity, then the person begins to reign in life. So uh, how about we read Roman numeral 1 and then Romans 5, 17, and 21. So sisters, uh, Roman numeral 1.
Okay, brothers, the verses, please. Okay, this is the dream. The dream is that we would reign in life. We would reach maturity in life. I mean, uh, where's uh, Sergio? Can you, can you imagine yourself reigning in life, blessing everyone? Is, is that just a dream? Yes. <laughs> so we're all going to dream. We're, we're all we're we're all just like Sergio. We're all in different stages of the growth in life. We're not there, you know. When when someone pulls in front of us, you know, that's not blessing instead of uh, <laughs> cursing. Uh, we're not there, but. Joseph believed in his dream. It took 22 years for his dreams to be fulfilled. And Joseph, he, after he dreamt that, you know, he went through a lot of sufferings. And the Lord placed him in a lot of situations. And eventually, he never gave up. And through all that suffering and struggling, he grew and he matured to see his dream being fulfilled. For 22 years, he waited. And so in the same way, we, as believers, we are those that want to receive the abundance of grace. There's an abundance. You know, Sergio, you may think that, oh, you know, it's impossible. Actually, for me, standing here talking about the Lord, I, didn't, I, didn't, I never dreamed about that when I was a little kid. I was just thinking, it's like, that's impossible. But... There's an abundance of grace, and all we need to do is to receive it. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Whenever we fail, there's a gift of righteousness. And by receiving the gift of righteousness, the blood of Christ for our failures, Christ is our righteousness, and by receiving him as the life supply, we will mature and reign in real life. This is the dream. This is, this is Joseph's dream. He dreamt that he be matured in life so that all, you know, last week we, we talked about how all the stars were the same and how all the sheaves were the same, right? That as believers, we're all the same. But there was a difference between Joseph's sheaf and the other 11 brothers. Joseph matured in life, whereas the 11 brothers did not mature in life as much. They did grow in life, but they did not mature. And so eventually, Joseph was reigning in life because he received the abundance of grace. Nobody, we all began the same way. We all say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into me. And then the next day we wake up and we still feel like unbelievers. And then after a number of years and we still feel like, well, you know, so, so often we're so fleshly and we're so uh, young and we, 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 we have so many problems in our Christian life. Yes, that's, that's where we are, but the Lord has given us a dream. There is such a dream. 
There is a dream, and, yeah. and I want y'all to have the same dream, because this dream is for all of us. Yeah. Yes. This dream is for every one of us here. It's not just for Joseph. It's a, it's a dream for all of us, because eventually, at the end of the Bible, there's this city called the New Jerusalem. And it says concerning the New Jerusalem, this, the New Jerusalem is just a sign of the believers who have grown and matured in life and have been built up together to be the expression of God. And it says the nation, okay, it says, and the city has no need of the sun or of the moon. It's so bright, it has no need of the sun or of the moon that they should shine in it for the glory of God illumined it and his lamps and his lamp is the lamb, that's Christ. The nations will walk by its light. The kings of the earth, that is, the kings of the earth will bring the glory into it. And so eventually Joseph's dream will be fulfilled. We will be built up as the new Jerusalem and we will shine a light over all the earth. Right now the whole earth is full of poverty. It's hungry. They don't have the word of God. That's why when you read the news, it's full of poverty. No patience, no kindness, no joy, no satisfaction. That's what you read of in, in, in the papers. There's nothing. It's poverty. But... But as we grow in life, you know what? We will feed the earth as sheaves of life. And as we grow, we will be full of light to bring light to the earth in the way we conduct ourselves. And, and, on, you know, and today we can experience that instead of cursing on I-35, there's blessing. <laughs> How about that? You know, and as, as, uh, as you receive your test grade, there'll be blessing. <laughs> as you're waiting for the elevator at gesture that takes 20 minutes, there'll be blessing. You're praying for the ones there. How about that? How about we dream this together? Let's have a dream together. Let's dream together. Okay, so... So this is, so today's message is really a dream of us maturing in life. And, uh, and we should not be afraid to speak this dream. Joseph did not see it for 22 years, but he spoke it to his brothers and he believed it. And eventually became to, it came to be fulfilled. And so I hope today, despite what we are after the message, we will have a time of overflow. You all will speak. Speak what you see. Speak what you dream. Don't be afraid to speak it. Because the Bible says one day it will be fulfilled. There is such a book. And it has prophesied that this dream will be fulfilled within all of us. Isn't that wonderful? So don't be afraid to speak it. Joseph did, and we should too. And the more we speak, the more the dream will be fulfilled within us. Okay, so Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, leaving the word of the beginning of Christ, that's the Gospels, that's the earthly ministry of Christ regarding uh, the forgiveness of our sins because Christ died on the cross for our sins. Let us, it's important, we began with that, but Paul said, 
leave the word of the beginning of Christ. Let us be brought on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith in God. So we must have this dream. Paul is saying, have this dream. Let us be brought on to maturity. So let's struggle together. And so Galatians 4.19, it says, My children with whom I travail again in birth. He travailed to give birth to the Galatian believers, but now he's travailing again until Christ is formed in you. That's maturity. So that's maturity. There's a lot more in the Christian life than just merely receiving Christ and having our sins forgiven. There is maturity. Let us be brought on to maturity. Okay, so, so as we receive the Spirit and we, we enjoy the abundance of grace, that's the Spirit, we begin to grow in life, and this life begins to restrict us. And so uh, we have Roman numeral two. Let's read, uh, brothers, you want to read Roman numeral two? Okay, uh, Galatians 5.16 says this, uh, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you shall by no means fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so the way we become a self-denying person is not to try harder, is not to become a Buddhist. <laughs> because on, on Buddhist walls, they actually have the word... Uh, uh, forbear written on their on, on their walls. Forbear, you know, rin. Forbear. But that's not what the Bible reveals. The Bible reveals that we should be people who live by the Spirit. And Joseph was a self-denying person because he walked by the Spirit by receiving the abundance of grace. And and so uh, I just picked out two illustrations here. And these two illustrations is recorded in the Word of God. And uh, the, by, the, the Word of God and the Spirit has, has a very close relationship. And the Lord speaks of the relationship between the Word and the Spirit. John 6.63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. But the words which I have spoken to you are spirit and our life. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit. It is the spirit who gives life. The words which I have spoken to you are spirit. So the word, the way we receive the spirit, we walk by the spirit, is to receive the word into us. And that word becomes a spirit ruling over us. That word becomes the rulership over us. And so, uh, how about the sisters read Genesis 39, 7 through 12?
outside. So I want you all to underline the word fled. And I hope that you'll pray this word into your being, fled. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, but flee youthful lusts. The Bible is very consistent, both in the Old and New Testament, because the Spirit is the author behind the Word of God. So, so I hope that you, you take this word fled and you pray it into your being, because this word will be the Spirit within you ruling over you through your, the rest of your life. And I, I like to read to you an example of a person who was... Um, led by the Spirit and ruled over by the Spirit. I think all of you know him. He, his, uh, Billy Graham, very famous uh, brother, evangelist. Uh, you know, I think I heard that he uh, led over a million people to the Lord. And uh, this, is, this is what uh, Billy Graham stated. It said, from that day one, that day one of his ministry, I did not travel, meet, or eat alone with a woman other than my wife. From that day one, I did not travel, meet, or eat alone with a woman. And then this is from uh, Time Weekly Magazine, 1993, November 15th. Uh, it was an interview with, uh, doc with uh, Billy Graham. And this is what it uh, stated. It says, when Billy arrived for a crusade in Little Rock, Arkansas in 1989, Hillary Rodham Clinton invited him to lunch. I don't eat with beautiful women alone, Billy told her. So, so they met in a hotel dining room and talked for a couple of hours. So it was a crowded spot. He, would, he refused to have a private time with her. He wanted to eat in front of everyone. And so you know what this is? This is fleeing. Flee youthful lust. And, uh, and so in a question where the interviewer asked him a question, it says, this was the question that the interviewer asked uh, Billy Graham. Jim and Tammy Baker, famous evangelists, and Jimmy Swaggart, another famous evangelist, uh, are nationally known Christian leaders who have fallen from their pedestals. I know that you have no desire to judge them, but what accounts for their fall? And this was Billy Graham's answer. I do not think there is a single element if you would name one word, you would say sin and the temptations of the evil one, Satan, because we are all tempted. Just like Joseph, this woman was speaking to her day after day, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me. I think if they had realized what was happening and turned to the Lord in the deepest part of their lives, they would not have fallen. Sex Money and pride. These are the three areas I think Satan attacks God's servants on. I was told that many years ago by an old clergyman, and I never forgot it. And I learned from that moment on that I would be tempted in those areas. So I never rode in a car with a woman alone. I've never eaten a meal with my secretary alone or ridden in a car with her alone. If we sit in here and I dictate something to her, the door is open. And and just little things like that, that people would think are so silly, but it was ingrained in me in those early years. So actually, when I've, I've invited brothers here, and the first question they ask is, why are the sisters sitting that side? Why are the brothers sitting this side? You know why? It's because we're fleeing. We're fleeing youthful lust. 
because, because Satan is a tempter and he tempts and there are these very famous evangelists who fell in the late 1980s. And, um, and so that was why, you know, Time Magazine interviewed Billy Graham, flee. Flee. And so this word is not just a word where uh, it is a law or a code of conduct among us. No, this is not a code of conduct. You know, sometimes you have brothers sitting on that side, and you have sometimes you have sisters sitting on that side. There's no code of conduct that says, sisters, you cannot sit here. And please, we're not here to be policemen. We're not the policemen, okay? So please don't go around, oh, why are you sitting with that sister? <laughs> Brother, what are you doing? And uh, no, please don't go around that way. That would be, that would be terrible. It's, it's for us to consider before the Lord, Lord, how would you like me to live? Amen. This is something personal between you and the Spirit. It's you receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. So, so uh, you know, say hi to the brothers, sisters, and you can say hi to the sisters, but... but in a situation where you're caught alone, we don't want to, we want to give ground to the spirit to rule over us and to safeguard us. That's why I live in Ron Rock and uh, there have been many times where I wanted to give sister, a sister a ride here and there's no one with me to come along and so guess what, I came alone by myself because I have practiced that also because I have patterns among us uh, who, whom I saw. Sometimes you see Tim C sitting outside with a sister is because his wife is not home. And so when a sister needs a fellowship with him, he, he takes two chairs and sits them on the, on the driveway. And so when you walk by his home, you'll see him and the sister outside having fellowship. That's because this, that's how the spirit rules over us. That's what, that's, that, it's right here. It's in the word of God. He fled and he went outside. Okay, so now another thing that will help you is Genesis 45. Brothers, can you read that? Okay, every time you see God sent me, I want you to read it loud. Okay. Yeah, 
God has sent me. God has sent me. God sent me into that pit. God sent me with those slave traders. God sent me to Potiphar. God sent me into the dungeon. God sent me. And so I hope this word also gets put into you. God sent me. That it is God. He realized it was not his brothers, but it was God. If I, if I were Joseph, you know, being not mature in life, I would say, look at what you did. Uh, do you remember my cries? Why didn't you hear me? And look, all the suffering that you caused, now it's payback. <laughs> I'm going to pay you back for all that you did. But it says, but actually, Joseph, what he did was because he was ruled by the Spirit, it says, now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me. He saw God. He had eyes. He saw. He had a heavenly view that beyond all my circumstances, he was not my brothers, but it was God who sent me. That's the Spirit speaking to us. God sent me. God sent you to your class. God sent your professor. God sent you to your professor. Why do I have this section? Why do I have the worst professor in my, in my level? Why? You know, why? Because God sent you. Why do I have the worst roommate ever? God sent you there. And so as we, as we allow that word that is the spirit to dwell within us, you know what? You receive the abundance of grace. There, there's grace there as you receive and say, Lord, thank you. Even though I don't like my roommate, even though I don't like my circumstances, even though I don't like my major or my classes, Lord, thank you. You sent me here. Lord, I receive the abundance of grace. Lord, amen. I want to grow in life. I like to dream with Joseph, and I want to grow in life. So, so you know, the, it's, this has helped me a lot because, you know, it, just having our eyes open to see that what has happened to me is actually not this brother's fault or that sister's fault. It is God. God sent me here. And then when we receive it from the hand of God, a whole being is nourished and a whole being is full of peace. And we're just there enjoying the abundance of grace. There really is. When, 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 when you just begin to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the man that punctured my two car tires. Lord, bless him. Lord, save him. A sister did that. Her four car tires were punctured, and she said, Lord, save that man. Uh, that same night, my, two of my car tires were punctured. It was good. I didn't curse that man. I just thought that was very good already. <laughs> I just said, thank you, Lord. But this sister, she blessed the person. She blessed the person with the Holy Spirit. She blessed him with salvation. So when, when we see that it is God and we receive our situations from the Lord, You'll see, you receive an abundance of grace, and that spirit will begin to rule in you. You'll walk by the spirit to so deny the self, and um, 
and you'll be a person who is for God and for God's people. Okay, so five more minutes, and I've, I'm going to finish this section here. Uh, how about everyone read Roman numeral three? <laughs> You know, Joseph stocked up the, the storehouses of Egypt, and he had all that grain. And when the people didn't have food, he didn't give it generously. He didn't say, oh, no problem, whatever you need, I'll just give it to you. He wasn't generous like that. He, 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 first, he collected their money. Then when they ran out of money, he collected the livestock. Then when they ran out of livestock, he collected, give me a land. And then eventually, themselves. And, and so actually this thought of generosity is not in the Bible. It's, it's really, <laughs> you know, it's the, the Lord wants us to pay a price. And so I think we, we, we've, we've uh, sung this hymn uh, that's uh, in, from Isaiah 55. It's, it, all of you have sung this before. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy. It doesn't just come take. It's come buy. Buy means you have to pay a price. Yes, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. And so, uh, so it says, Seek Jehovah while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And then it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, declares Jehovah. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So we just have to... Take it from the Lord that his thoughts are higher and that he requires a price. He wants us to pay a price. And, you know, in order to receive salvation, it was free. It was freely given. When we say, Lord Jesus, forgive me, he freely gave us salvation. But in order to grow in life, we have to pay a price. You have to, you have to pay a price with your money, with your livestock, with your land, and eventually with yourself. And so, uh, how about, uh, brothers, read Revelation 3.18. Counsel you to buy from me, yeah. buy from me gold refined by fire that you may be rich. Actually, we have nothing to buy, but the Lord still wants us. Is that you know it says in that Isaiah 55, forsake your thoughts and your ways, your evil ways and your evil thoughts, 
And so we, we, are, we are filled with so many different things. And so those things take up space in our being. And so for that reason, we have to be emptied of all those things. So the first blessing is blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom. When you inherit the kingdom, you inherit everything that Joseph has. That's, but in order to inherit everything that Joseph has, you need to be unloaded. To be poor is to be empty. You know, my pockets are full of stuff. So I've got a lot of stuff in my pocket. And because I've got so much stuff in my pocket, I've no space for anything else. And so in order to fill our pockets, the Lord has to empty our pockets. That's the price we have to pay. We have to forsake what we have, our money. Money represents convenience. Our livestock, livestock represents a way of making a living. The land represents our resources, and eventually, we ourselves. And if we're willing to pay the highest price, uh, this is what happens. It says, then Joseph said to the people, Now I have this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh. Here is seed for you that you may sow the land. And if we're willing to consecrate our entire being to him, you know what the Lord gives us? He gives us seed to feed the earth, to sow, to grow something, to feed God's people. And so then what, what do we become? Sheaves of life. And so we have to realize to, to, to reach that dream involves paying a price. It's to forsake everything that we have, everything that we treasure, and eventually we'll be given seed to sow, to feed others, to feed the earth. And so I hope, you know, we, we sang the song, uh, Lord grant me today supply of grace, little by little, day by day. So, you know, I'm just presenting a dream here. And to many of us, it's just like... You know, it's so far away, it's like, it's just simply what it is, a dream. But that dream is fulfilled little by little, day by day, step by step. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said, the best thing about the future is that it comes one day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. So you don't have to worry about when it'll be fulfilled or how long in the future it's going to be fulfilled. You just take a little step. It's just one amen by one amen. Hey, Lord, God sent me here. Amen. Every time you sit in your class and you're dying there, God sent me here. Amen. God sent me here. Just receive the abundance of grace. Amen by amen. A day at a time. Whatever situation you're in. And eventually, when you look back, it's like, wow, I'm so different. Because... You receive the abundance of grace day by day.